Hey everyone and welcome to the Greater Than Podcast. My name is Elijah Merle. So honored and blessed you're taking out the time to join us again today. Man, I'm telling you what a fun ride we've had so far and um, I'm so excited for what the Lord has for us. Um, not too long ago we celebrated three years of Greater Than Podcast. I think November 19th is our exact um, day when we first uh, hit record and we actually started out on SoundCloud and then later on we discovered the platform Anchor. Uh, so thankful for um, Anchor, that platform to be able to distribute the podcast on other um, mediums and platforms. And so uh, it's been a great ride. Uh, I'm excited for what's happened and I'm excited for what lies ahead. You know the purpose of the podcast. First John 4, 4, you are God, little children. You've already overcome them for greater is he that is in you. Then he that is in the world, we want to talk about what's going on in the world and culture from a biblical perspective to find and to remind ourselves that greater is he on the inside of us than he that is in the world today. Well, you see the title. We're going for it, man. Would Jesus own a golf stream? Would Jesus own a golf stream? Oh, I tell you, oh, this is going to be fun. I love it so much already. Let's pray and let's dig right on in. Father God, thank you so much for your word, for the anointing. Uh, as Father, I ask you speak beyond me as the very oracles of God, that which would help us to grow up, to see things uh, in a way we haven't seen them before, to receive revelation from the word, not from tradition, not from uh, so-and-so's perspective or this person's perspective, but what the word of God reveals. And we give you praise for every good thing that will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me start out. By answering the question, and oh man, a minute in, a minute and some change in, and I'm already going to answer the question. I mean, we're almost at the two-minute mark now, but here we go. Uh, the, to answer the question, uh, first of all, the question is irrelevant uh, because there were no planes in Jesus' day, right? We got to take that into account. But there, they have, there have always been expensive things, though, even in Jesus' day, but no planes. No planes, trains, or automobiles back then. So, why bring up this question then? If it's irrelevant, why ask the question? Uh, there's been some things going on lately concerning ministers having airplanes and 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 uh, having their own private jets. And a lot of people, uh, they're, they they've they've caught a lot of flack about these things. So I wanted to address this this idea uh, from a biblical lens and looking at some things here. Uh, starting in First Timothy 6, verse 10, let's start here. New King James, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strived, excuse me, strayed from the faith, having uh, in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Let me ask this question. Like I said, we're just going in for it. You know, this podcast doesn't have to be super long. I'm just wanting to get into some things and answer some things from a biblical lens. Um, if it's wrong to fly a private jet, why wouldn't it be wrong? Why isn't it wrong? I should say to fly in a public one. Like where's the, what's the, it's still a jet. <laughs> if it's wrong to ride in a, and, and let's say let's say it's wrong to ride in, in a private jet. All right. If it's wrong to ride in a private jet, why wouldn't it be wrong to ride in your private car that you own? You got the license. You got the insurance on. Why? Why wouldn't that be wrong? Because see, some people say, well, we just got to be like Jesus. You know, Jesus didn't have. Well, how far do you want to take that? How far 
do you want to go? We've got to always remember that Jesus did things, number one, as our example, but he also did things as our substitute. He went through some things so that we wouldn't have to go through them. Now, um, this notion that Jesus was poor, I have a podcast that's going back to the OG. We're talking about three years of doing greater than podcast in hindsight. Um, November 19th would have been three years of doing it. Uh, we had a podcast called uh, Was Jesus Poor? And we talked about some of these things. And I brought up in that podcast that even if Jesus was born in a royal family, which he wasn't, but even if he was born into a royal family with gold and silver and all the money in the world, in that in that city, in that region, he would still, by comparison, be dirt poor. Because once you live in, in streets that are paved with gold, uh, in the presence of almighty God, uh, anything else is dung by comparison. So I don't care where he would be born. I don't care to whom he'd be born to as soon as he touched down on earth. As far as that's concerned, comparing the two places, heaven and earth, the man's poor. <laughs> the word made flesh became poor. But I wonder why he became poor. Remember, we got to remember and, and uh, differentiate. Is that is that the word? I mean, I may have butchered that word. Y'all know what I meant. We got to uh, draw this line of demarcation in the sand uh, to see what he did number one as our example and also though as the substitute second corinthians 8 verse 9 it, like i said if it's wrong to ride in a private jet why wouldn't it be wrong to ride in the public car and i mean a private car excuse me there now i mean how far are you willing to go where these things are concerned second corinthians 8 verse 9 says this for you know the grace of our lord jesus christ that though he was rich Yet for your sakes, he became poor that you through his poverty might become rich. Now, some people don't like this word, uh, this four letter word here called rich. You know, they did. They, they, they would put a, a sensor on me in some churches. You'd hear that 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 beep, you know, that uh, that that sound that that comes when somebody says it. Matter of fact, let's put that sound in here, Frankie. Let's censor the word, man. So next time I go into church and I'm preaching, and I said, now, Jesus was poor uh let me read the verse real quick for you know the grace of our lord jesus christ that though he was yet for your sakes he became poor that you through his poverty might become that's what they would do right there they'd put the censor and bleep me out every time i'd say rich a lot of churches would now let's find out here what does this word rich mean i'm not talking about what uh kenneth copeland thinks it means i'm going to call some people out because these are people who have uh, private, you know, jets and things of that nature. Uh, this isn't what uh, uh, Jesse Duplantis or or, or uh, someone uh, like uh, one of the the people who started this thing and uh, and this notion of uh, preachers having planes. Uh, Oral Roberts. He's 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 considered uh, an OG where this is concerned for a preacher having a plane. This isn't this isn't them that, that, that wrote this. This isn't them. This is what the Bible means. This is what the Greek word means for rich. Let's explore it, shall we? This word rich means to be rich. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Having many resources to be or become wealthy, literally or figuratively, be increased with goods to be made or wax 
rich. I like that to wax rich. Uh, second, uh, this same verse, second Corinthians eight, nine in the Weymouth translation, you know, the goodness of our Lord Jesus Christ, how for your sakes, he became poor, uh, though he was rich in order that you through his poverty, watch this now might grow rich. It says that that word means to wax rich in the Greek. It reminds me of uh, Genesis 26, 13, talking about Isaac who sowed in famine and the Lord uh, increased him and, and blessed him. It says in um, uh, Genesis 26, 13, and the, the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. When it says he went forward, it means went going. The verb is followed by an infinite expressing uh, consistent uh, growth or progressive increase. This, this word is talking about consistent growth or progressive increase. Uh, it's the prosperity gospel, which I'm not, which I don't believe in, by the way, I just believe in the gospel. And a part of that gospel is what we just read in second Corinthians eight and verse nine, but the prosperity gospel, uh, kind of preaches that you say these confessions a couple of times, you sow and give into my ministry, preferable, preferably. And then next thing you know, two weeks, Bob's your uncle, you've got $10 million. You know, um, that's what the prosperity gospel often teaches. Uh, once again, which I don't agree with or, or side with. But the Bible does teach, this is what God's plan is for each and every one of us, that we would wax great. Progressively, over time, come on now, ooh, become stronger financially spirit well spirit soul and body uh these things start start on the inside first uh third john two i wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers right these things start on the inside first and then they work their way out but it's god's desire not that just magically overnight you've got 10 million dollars but over the course of time that you and i would wax great he became poor that we through his poverty might grow rich. Uh, see, these things happen over time. Uh, waxing great happens over time. But I like to say it like this. Actually, waxing great happens over obedience. <laughs> oh, I like it that uh, it's not so much over time as much as it is over obedience. Will you obey and do what God's telling you to do? And then you can wax great, uh, the, the, the destroyer, the devourer that's uh, rebuked according to Malachi for the tither uh, gets out of your stuff. And so you're not paying for damages on certain things. Uh, the Lord is preserving you and your things. And over time, you wax great. This is God's desire and plan to prosper us. That over time, progressively and continually, we would wax great. Now, that was worth you pressing play on the podcast right there. Let's look at an, ex an example here of Jesus uh, responding to someone uh, giving him a lavish gift. John 12. John 12 and verse 1. Would Jesus uh, own a golf stream? Well, this is an airplane, of course. And uh, the answer is, it's irrelevant. The question is irrelevant because it, he didn't have that in his day. So the, the, the way I'm going to address this is not so much 
whether or not a person, let me say this too. A lot of times, well, let me read this first. Let me read this first. Let's, let's stay, let's stay in the middle of the road here. John 12, one through eight, new King James. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus, who had been dead, whom he had raised from, uh, whom he had raised from the dead. Uh, there, they made him a supper and Martha served, you know, Martha apparently is an amazing cook, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus and and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not because he cared for the poor because he was a thief and he had the money box. We talked about that money box um, in was Jesus poor. And he used, and he used to take uh, what was put in it. He would, he would pocket some money. But Jesus said, uh, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial for the poor you have with you always, but me, you do not always have. Now, when he says the poor he has with you always, he's not saying that, um, you know, Hey, so people are always going to be in this state. And in the sense of don't do anything for him, right? Because I think sometimes people try to use that verse to say, well, I don't have to help them out because Jesus said the poor you have with you always. So no, he's saying you always have an opportunity to help him. He said, but you don't always have me. He was about to go and she prepared his body for burial. Now, listen, sinful motivation often hides itself under the mask of reverence for another virtue. I'm gonna run that back for the people in the back. Sinful motivation often hides itself under the mask of reverence for another virtue. Uh, Judas is, he's irate. Uh, he's like, man, how dare you uh, waste this? Number one, he's saying you're wasting this on Jesus. Wasted on Jesus? Come on, man. Uh, in Matthew's gospel, this uh, same happening account in Matthew 26, he says here, that uh, in verse nine, this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said, why trouble you the woman? For she has worked a good work upon me. For you have the poor always with you, but me you have not always. For in that she has poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, there shall also this, that this woman has done be told for a memorial of her. Jesus thought so much of this gift, this extravagant gift, very costly gift, that he said anywhere this gospel's preach, what she's done is going to be brought up. And ladies and gentlemen, in the year 2021, we're still talking about what she gave. Now, I want to say this, if Jesus uh, made it so that preachers and ministers in general are not supposed to accept lavish gifts, this was the point in the moment right here. It says, guys, let's use this as a teaching moment. When somebody offers you something fancy, don't take it. Take the money and give it to the poor. If there was ever an opportunity for Jesus to address some of these things, it would be right here. Now, what does this have to do with preachers and planes? Like I said, as, as far as Jesus is concerned, that question is irrelevant. Uh, but it is clickbait. Amen. Glory to God. But let's continue here. And I want you to hear me out. Uh, just like I would hear you out if you wanted to talk to me about it, in which you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook at I am Elijah Merle. Message me. Now, don't message me asking me for money. I've had that happen before. Uh, the, the answer is an automatic no. 
because I don't respond to pressure. I don't get down that, that way. Now, maybe somebody else you message, they get down that way. I don't get down that way. You don't just come to me. I don't even know who you are. You asking me for money, bro. Uh, let's continue here. Uh, Eli don't play that. Let's continue. I want to talk about Drake. Somebody says, my older listeners, people who listen, they're like, who? I, I want to talk about Drake. <laughs> Drake's a rapper, right? One of, uh, one of the OGs, a, a great rapper, man. I tell you, he's been doing this a long time. You know that? Did you know that Drake owns a Boeing 767 jet? Which, by the way, just to con- to be a- just a contrast, the president flies in a 747, but Drake has a 767. You know, a new one of those is worth two hundred million dollars. Drake's is estimated to be one hundred and eighty five million dollars. Did you know that Drake's yearly fuel cost is roughly over a million dollars? Where's the post about Drake? Where's the hate on Drake and his and his plane? But I got these 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 websites telling me, hey, let's hey get a look inside Drake's plane. <laughs> where's the post about Drake? Everybody act like they forgot about Drake. And then, where's the post about Drake? Uh, where's the hate? Where's the flack on that? Uh, he, he was on the Migos uh, song, Having Our Way. And he said, listen, I, I said I was going to get through this whole verse and I'm not going to mention the plane. But look at the plane. Now, where was the post about that? Where was the post about that? Come on, Drake. Sell it, Drake. Se- sell the plane and give the proceeds to the poor. Where was that? Oh, man. And did you know Taylor Swift at one point? Taylor Swift had two planes. I've heard more coverage, though, about her breakups than I did about her having not one, at one point, two planes. She since then sold one. But I was hearing more coverage about her breakups than the fact that she owned two planes at one point. Come on now. But yet, uh, don't let a preacher have multiple planes. Don't let that happen. Ah. Outrageous. How dare they? Let's look at this real quick. Mark four. I'm not trying to keep y'all super long. I'm just wanting to address something here. Mark four, 35 through 41. We're going to read a lot of verses. So strap in. We're going to read Mark four, the end of Mark four, and we're going to read a lot of Mark chapter five. Let's go. This is going to be all in the Passion Translation, since I'm reading a lot of verses so I don't slip up on the these and thous. That same day, after it grew dark, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. Keep that in mind, the other side of the lake. Leaving the crowd behind, the disciples got into the boat in which Jesus was already sitting and they took him with them. Other boats sailed with them oh time out <laughs> i can just read the galilee gazette now carpenter travels with fleet of boats now, now the common uh transportation in those days was walking obviously the common one right for common folk 
you know, if you were higher up, you'd have a chariot. If you were higher up, if you were a priest or whatever, they would carry you and walk and, you know, as you're uh, not walking, obviously you're being carried. They would carry you around. But the common way to travel, which Jesus did normally, was walking. But here is an instance where Jesus needed to go. Uh Oh, and he needed to go somewhere and it required him having a boat. Did you know that Jesus had his own boat? Once again, I'm not comparing. Listen, compared, I, I, I'm not comparing a boat to a jet. I'm, here's what I'm saying. I want you to hear, see the heart of this. How the hearts are similar with a story that I'm going to tell you that's happened with the jet, right? Okay, cool. Like I said, we the question is irrelevant because Jesus didn't have that. He did have a boat that a partner in his ministry gave him. Uh oh, let me say that again. A partner in his ministry gave to him and said, Hey, you can have this. You can use this. Partnered up. His, he had multiple partners that owned multiple boats. James and John had their own boats now, too. Don't get it twisted. I could read the, the I could read the Galilee Gazette, y'all. Carpenter travels with fleet of boats. There were other boats that sailed with them. Suddenly they were crossing the lake. A, a, a storm arose, violent winds and waves that were crashing into the boat until it was nearly swamped. Jesus was calmly resting on the, in the stern. And he said, uh, they woke him up. Of course, we know the story. And he said, uh, uh, peace be still. One translation brings it out that he said, uh, uh, peace. He said to the storm, peace, submit to the will of God. Peace, submit to the will of God. Uh, the will of God. Where, so th this would let us know that that storm was not the will of God. <laughs> that reminds me of another uh, uh, podcast episode, The Wind God Was Not In. Did you know that God's not in all wind? That's, an, that, that's another podcast. Go go back and check it out. He said, why are you so afraid in uh, the latter part of this? Uh, haven't you learned to trust yet? They were overwhelmed with fear. They said, what authority is this that the winds and the sea obey him? Uh, in chapter five, starting verse one, let's just continue right out, man. Let's hear the heart of this thing. They arrived, watch it now, uh, at the other side of the lake. That's what he said. This is the whole purpose to get to the other side, the region of the Gadarenes. As Jesus stepped ashore, a demon-possessed madman came out of the graveyard and confronted him. The man had been living among the tombs, and no one was able to restrain him, not even with chains. For every time they attempted to chain his hands and feet with, and feet with shackles, he would snap the chains and break the shackles in pieces. He was so strong that no one had the power to subdue him. Day and night, he could be found lurking in the cemetery, uh, shrieking and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran to him and threw himself down before him, shouting at the top of his lungs, leave me alone, Jesus, son of the most high God, swear in God's name that you won't torture me for Jesus had already said to him come out of that man you demon spirit Jesus had already been using his authority that we read about at the end of Mark chapter 4 Jesus said to him what is your name mob or the, the King James says legion he answered they call me mob or legion because there are thousands of us in his body man what a horrific uh captivity he begged Jesus repeatedly not to exile them out of the region Nearby, there was a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside. 
The demons begged him, send us into the pigs, let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission. Uh, notice the demons aren't calling the shots here. Now, notice the demons don't have to call the shots in your life. Jesus gave them permission. He said, uh, he said, I'll allow it this time. And the demon heard immediately came out, horde immediately came out of the man and went into the pigs. This caused the herd to run madly, to, to rush madly down the steep slope and fell and fall into the lake, drowning about 2000 pigs. Wow. At this, the herdsmen ran to the nearby villages, telling everyone along the way what had happened. And the people came out to see for themselves. When they found Jesus, they saw the demonized man sitting there, properly clothed and in his right mind. This goes back to was Jesus poor once again. Let me ask this question. Where did he get clothes from? They didn't just magically appear. Jesus said, guys, let's go to the other side. And he and, he, and the, the disciples are like, Jesus, why you got a, that extra uh, set of clothes? He said, listen, man, you'll find out. Let's just go to the other side. See, Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus went about doing good. That word doing good, literally, the word means. I'm not talking about what a word of faith camp believes, what this camp believes, that Greek word. This is why I always tell you to study the Bible for yourself. Don't swallow anything anybody says, including me. Get in the word for yourself. That Greek word doing good literally has to do with philanthropy, being a philanthropist. Tony Stark wasn't the only one who's was, was the Oh Lord, he was doing good. That was philanthropy, but benevolence. And this is an example of that, in my opinion. This this benevolent uh, good that he would do. He brought this man an extra pair of clothes. He knew what he was going to do. He, he already had instructions from the father. Uh, the Bible says that he had already been saying, come out of the man, you demon spirit. So he already knew what was going down. Seeing what had happened to the man possessed by many demons, the people became afraid. Those who had witnessed this miracle reported the news to the people and included what had happened to the pigs. Then they asked Jesus to leave their region. And as Jesus began to get into the boat to depart, the man who had been set free from the demons asked them, could I go with you? Jesus answered, no, but said to him, go back to your house and to your family and tell them what the Lord has done for you. Tell them how he had mercy on you. So the man left and went into the region of Jordan and parts of Syria to tell everyone he met about what Jesus had done for him and all the people marveled. Notice this. They, they, we're so happy about what Jesus had done. Nope, they they weren't they weren't happy about it. Uh, they weren't happy about it. They weren't happy that Jesus was able to get in a boat, uh oh, and get to them. This is the heart. Once again, I'm not I'm not I'm not meaning this in a, you know, Jesus had a boat, so preachers should have a plane. I don't mean it in that sense. I'm talking about the heart. That's what I'm talking about. Because end of the day, that's what God looks at. He doesn't look at how big your plane is. He doesn't look at whether or not a minister has a plane. He's always looking at that person's heart. That's the main thing. That's the main thing. You can't talk me out of it. God's always been about the heart. But notice this. Uh, they were so uh, thrilled with Jesus. No, not, not at all. Not in the slightest. They were upset. They were upset uh, because their pigs were died uh it reminds me of a message that a minister did years and years ago in the 80s lord take my problems 
believe my pigs. Uh, you know, I think I think a lot of times that's how people are, are doing. They they want the Lord to take to take the problems out of their life, but they want them to leave the pigs. That's another that's another one. Um, here's a question I want to ask, and I bet you I bet you this is the question that that these guys thought after Jesus came and, and then he went back on his boat, his own boat that he had that a minister that, that was given to him by his partners, his own boat that he could travel with. I bet you they, they were they were thinking this. What's a carpenter need with a boat anyway? What's a carpenter need with a boat? See, Jesus got in that boat because he was on assignment by the almighty God, his father, to go and minister to somebody who wouldn't have been ministered to any other way. He had to go. He had to go to the other side. He had to go and travel in that boat to reach that person, to rescue, to rescue that person. Did you know that Drake flew the NBA basketball team, the Sacramento Kings, to India in 2019 to play two preseason games against the Indiana Pacers? And there's video of this. Uh, you can go look it up for yourself. And uh, Drake has some, he has some, some positive uh, attention and positive media for that. Did you know also that the uh, televangelist and I believe man of God, uh, Kenneth Copeland, uh, lent his uh, private jet to a guy named Glenn Beck, and he helped Afghan Christians escape. We remember what happened in Afghanistan. This took place August 20th in the August area. Uh, a lot of this is went down, if I'm not mistaken. We did a podcast on it. It was a bonus podcast. It was just something on my heart. I had to get it out. It was just a bonus podcast episode uh, entitled uh, Lord Behold Their Threatenings. Glenn Beck was aided in his travels. An article says in, in CBN, I think it's a CBN article. Uh, Glenn Beck was aided in his travels last week by televangelist Kenneth Copeland, who lent his uh, private jet uh, to the talk show radio host as he worked to rescue endangered Christians in Afghanistan, uh, Beck's operation, the Nazarene Fund, has resulted in the rescue of more than, listen to this, 5,000 Christian refugees who have now been relocated in a handful of different countries. A Goliath task, he said, was accomplished, watch this, with no help from the U.S. government. Uh, matter of fact, let's hear from Glenn Beck right now um for, I, I i gave frankie a clip here uh to, so you guys can hear from the man himself this is something that he posted on his twitter uh in august uh and so uh let's 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 hear that right now uh, let's hear from glenn beck we're working day and night to make sure that everything is buttoned up and taken care of by the way just because i i want to make sure that your money is we view your money as sacred money it's like tithing to me um none of the uh, none of my travels or my team's travels none of it is paid for by the nazarene fund i insisted it not a single meal not a not a cupcake and yes there will be cupcakes on this trip um <laughs> Uh, everything is paid for uh, by me personally, and uh, I can't thank the Kenneth Copeland Ministries enough for lending us their plane uh, to get us over here. We I left the show yesterday um, at um, in the last half hour of the show, just kind of disappeared, 
and um, reappeared about 60 minutes before this broadcast today. We got off the plane. I can't say where I am in the Middle East um, just for security reasons, but mainly because the countries that are dealing with refugees don't want anyone to know that they're dealing with the refugees because they are afraid of other countries um, uh, threatening violence on them. This is a really touchy situation, and there is absolutely no leadership from the United States. Absolutely no leadership from the United States. That was Glenn uh, Beck. Excuse me, Glenn Beck. <laughs> excuse me there, guys. Um, from Blaze TV. And um, here's what I want to say as, I, as we begin to wrap this up. Like I said, I didn't want to hold you the guy super long on this one. He said no help from the U.S. government. They didn't have any help. Uh, do you realize that when you fight a minister having a plane? Once again, let me say this first. Uh, there are crooks in any profession, not just in ministry, but in any profession. So um, I'm not saying that every minister that has a plane uh, is doing it for the and has it for the right reasons. Right. Uh, I'm not saying that. And not at all. Like I said, I don't I don't know every minister that has one. Uh, but I know of uh, Brother Copeland. I've been around some things and privy to some things. And uh, I know his heart. I don't agree with everything Brother Copeland uh, preaches, uh, but at the same token, if you think about it, think, name your favorite teacher, and I bet you that you do not 100% agree with them on everything that they share. We don't. The Bible never told us to come together in the unity of doctrine. It told us to come together in the unity of faith. So although I don't agree with everything that Brother Copeland has taught, now what, what is it you don't agree with, Elijah? Man, get that out of here. That's between me and the Lord. But I will say this, I know Brother Copeland is a man of God. There is no question about that in my mind at all. And the Bible says in 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19, in the Passion Translation, to all the rich of this world, I command you not to be wrapped up in thoughts of pride over your prosperity or rely on your wealth. Notice what he didn't tell him to do. He didn't tell him all those who are rich in this world, get rid of all those riches. He didn't say that. All those who have waxed great, who have waxed rich, get rid of it. He didn't say that. Uh, your riches are unreliable and nothing compared to the living God. Trust instead in the one who lavishes upon us all good things, fulfilling our every need. The King James says he gives us richly all things to enjoy. Remember Excuse me, remind the wealthy to be rich in remarkable works of extravagant generosity. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Willing to share with others. These spiritual investments will provide a foundation for their lives and security for them and secure for them a good future as they lay their hands upon the true meaning of life. Now, Drake flew some NBA players, positive press, man, positive press on it. They were talking about, man, they won't have any Wi-Fi on that plane for 20 hours. Key, key, key. But where is the respect and honor for what televangelists, and I believe 100% man of God, Kenneth Copeland did with Lending his plane. Now, first of all, I, brother, I know Brother Copeland well enough to, to tell you he don't care what you think one way or the other. He stands before God 
when this is all said and done, right? I know well, I know him well enough to know he doesn't care what people think. But at the same token, here's what I'm attacking. I'm saying, well, what's, what's this double standard? Uh, I'm saying the U.S. government wasn't helping the Christian refugees in Afghanistan when what happened there happened. Uh, but a man who waxed great, <laughs> who received the riches that have been laid up because of what Jesus has done, Come on now. Uh, wax great enough to the point that he's got his own plane. <laughs> Was able to help Glenn Beck rescue, uh, what, five over 5,000? What was it? I don't even remember the number of people. Just rescued them. Children. Saving them from certain horrible death. And when you fight prosperity, that's what you're fighting. You're fighting to keep people in persecution. You're fighting to not help those who have a call to rescue people. That's what you're fighting because the U.S. government wasn't going to do anything. But a preacher with a plane said, I'm willing to share. <laughs> That's good stuff. Jesus got on a boat and went on the other side to reach someone. His That man's government wasn't going to help him. Uh, they couldn't help him. But a preacher with a boat. Oh! was able to go and minister to him and bring deliverance. The U.S. government wasn't going to help those Christian refugees, but a preacher with a plan. Oh, an, un an unperfect person, but someone who walks with Jesus, and Jesus walks with him, <laughs> was able to rescue refugees. Would Jesus own a Gulf Stream? questions are relevant but the heart is the same jesus will go and do what he has to do with every with every means at his disposal to reach the unreachable let me pray for you father god thank you so much for this time lord i, I hope my heart was conveyed and, and that i wasn't I, I didn't come with any agenda other than to show your heart uh, you never said that for those who are rich in this world who, wa who wax rich in this world that we were supposed to get rid of those riches, but with the resources that we have, we should help one another. And we should be willing to share. Father God, I thank you for this word. Thank you for each and every person listening. I pray that it was able to uh, encourage them to do what you're calling them to do and that you are encouraging all of us to not judge one another, but to support one another, to build each other up and be willing to share in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you so much guys for listening to the podcast today. Uh, my name's Elijah Merle. Give a like, a comment, a review on Apple podcasts. Let us know that this podcast is blessing you. My name's Elijah Merle. Remember this greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Thank you for listening to the Greater Than Podcast. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at MerleMinistries.com. That's M-U-R-R-E-L-L Ministries.com. Merle
Ministries International.